Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. This is a solo episode. Coach Allie here, and I am going to talk about the unconventional fueling questions around a marathon or a long run. Now, there are so many ways to properly fuel for, you know, any marathon, whatever your fitness level may be. There are pieces of literature and there's a lot of science out there that will suggest you have a certain number of carbohydrate or amount of carbohydrate per kilogram of body weight based on, you know, many different variables, your weight, um, your genetic makeup, uh, your fitness level, the intensity you're running at. And, you know, all of these things could definitely come into play when thinking about your carbohydrate intake. But it's really important not to neglect proteins and fats as well. So I really want to touch upon marathon fueling, but how truly individualized it is um, for any athlete at any level and the importance of making fueling a lifelong habit, not just a fueling strategy for a race. Because like I always say, and many of you who know who follow me on social media, that a marathon is just another training run. Of course, we could set an A goal for a race for a given year, but that's not the end all be all. We ultimately all want to be lifelong runners, right? Right. So today on this episode, I'm going to tie in my personal story um, that led to my success of a two hour and 57 minute marathon running the Chicago Marathon in October 2022. Um, and how my diet changed throughout my two and a half year buildup and how that has continued to change. And hopefully some of these takeaways you could apply to things that you've been experiencing or just reach out and, you know, ask questions. But disclaimer, I am not a medical professional or a dietitian. So don't take this advice literally. Seek a medical and healthcare professional. This is just what's worked for me and it might not work for you. And yeah, I would love to chat. Uh, so now in terms of, you know, training, training fuel, whew, 
Um, I guess we could start with, I have on here that I want to start with training fuel, but I first want to say that leading into um, a marathon, you should begin to incorporate sustainable lifelong habits to eat holistically for life. So I'm not saying heavy up on carbohydrates, like, you know, as you would during marathon training. But what I'm saying is to not neglect that you will have to have um, a healthy diet. I'm speaking from the bottom of my heart, being someone that literally ran myself into the ground and broke, um, almost towing the line at the 2018 marathon, Boston Marathon, excuse me. Um, It was due to poor nutrition, but yeah, lack of recovery. And that also goes hand in hand with poor nutrition. I wasn't eating right, was not fueling my body right, doing way too much running, um, not letting myself recover, not listening to myself on rest days. And it led to a quad strain and piriformis syndrome. And that is just something that I have learned from. And I hope that all the wisdom that I have from that experience, I could help pay it forward and help you not make similar mistakes. So training fuel, um, you should really think about how much, you know, just before you even start training, how much you're burning on a daily basis. What does your daily lifestyle look like? What does your activity look like outside of the training? Make sure you're getting enough calories for just that. Then when you layer in the training, you know, for example, if you're running four times a week and you start out running 20 miles a week, you know, you're starting from the from the beginning, um, six months out, again, depending on your fitness level, uh, you're going to need to account for those extra calories you'll be using to fuel your body. So you're able to not only maintain your energy levels and not get too skinny, but also recover properly after your run. So you could keep training and not getting and and prevent avoid getting injured. So if you get to a point, for example, where you're someone listening on here and you're running around 70, 80 miles per week, you're definitely going to eat more. I would almost like presumably double your intake. That's what I did. But again, what works for me doesn't work for you. Um, If you're hungry, listen to your body. You know when you're hungry, your stomach's growling. You, it's not gonna lie. You'll feel fatigued, and you might other, you might experience other, you know, complications down the road. But you know, understand this: as a marathoner, if you want to do this for life, that's an amazing goal. The older you get, the more diligent any of us, you, my, your mom, my mom, we're all going to have to be more careful about the food choices that we put into our body. So, you know, when I was a swimmer and I was 12 years old, I could get away with eating a box of Oreos and swimming great. Now, not so much. Um, I'll probably have like extreme like sugar crash and just feel like absolute crap and probably not perform. Um, so incorporating holistic, you know, whole grains, produce, healthy fats, lean proteins, um, there are vegetarian, vegan options for that is a must. Eat greens, eat your produce. So again, we're on the topic of just learning how to incorporate holistically good nutrition when you're starting your marathon training. So eat produce, 
lots of veggies, taste the rainbow, but not actually. Um, eat a lot of fruits and veggies. There's also a ton of electrolytes in fruits. That's also the beauty of them. I love bananas. It's, there's so much, I mean, bananas, right? Potassium galore. Um, I love fruits. I love watermelon, berries, antioxidants, so many vitamins. Uh, watermelon also has so much water. Um, and that's really, really good to get water if you don't like just chugging water all the time. Cause as a runner, you need a lot of that. Um, I would try to just generally speaking, avoid foods that cause inflammation. And unfortunately, those are kind of the yummy ones, like sugary stuff and baked goods. And don't get me wrong, have, you could always have that once in a while, but just don't make that the majority of your diet. I wouldn't, you know, recommend that the older you get, you'll see what I mean. Um, and I'm not saying um, I'm old. I'm speaking from personal experience. I've noticed just my joints get a little stiffer. I feel like I'm just, I feel like I have inflammation when I'm eating a lot of sugar. So don't do that. Reach for the fruit. Incorporate foods that you like. Find yummy recipes and make this journey fun. So just like training for a marathon, the fitness aspect is just as important as the recovery coupled. I'm coupling it with the nutrition training. Uh, treat it as such. So make it fun. It should be challenging but rewarding. And it should complement what you're doing when you run. You can't just do one piece of the puzzle and expect it all to add up. Now, speaking a little bit from my personal experience, when I ran the Chicago Marathon, I my butt was sticking out of my shorts. You know, I was I felt like a whale. I felt like a whale. But I was a fuel tank. I wasn't just carb loading three days before. I was heading up on my carbs, proteins, and fats for two weeks before. And yes, my my taper was pretty extreme. I was doing half the mileage um, in the last week of my taper than I was in my peak week at 100 miles. And damn, did I need some carbohydrate, and excuse my French, but carbohydrate protein to you know, repair my muscles and healthy fats because, you know, the marathon is mostly aerobic. Our body pulls, well, once we train it to in our training, because everything happens in our training, uh, running slow enough, we use fat as fuel. And then that, that way we're able to spare more glycogen when we train. Um, so just making sure to incorporate all of those foods is, is pretty important. And it helped me see success in the marathon. I didn't bonk. Um, I kept my nutrition very consistent. That was the main thing. It wasn't necessarily doing any tricks or anything. I was consistent and I was on top of it. And I made sure to give my body what it needed when I felt like it needed it. So I'm going to get to the fueling part um, in a little bit. But ask yourself, like, when you start to experience a lack of energy and once you begin marathon training, are you feeling fatigued? If so, why? Um, are you keeping a food journal? You should probably do that. You don't need to weigh yourself. The scale, I'm not a fan of it either. Many of us aren't. Um, nothing wrong with it. But if you are someone where the numbers just really get to your head, don't do it. Uh, go based off feel, how your clothes feel, you know, your energy levels, um, and how you're able to do your daily tasks, your work life, um, is anything affected there? Just 
take note of that. Keep a journal. I did that every day leading up to the marathon. And it was actually very helpful for me to pinpoint like why I was not feeling so great a certain day because maybe I didn't eat enough to compensate for the amount of exercise I was doing. And it happens. It's like a full-time job on top of another full-time job. You got to be committed and you got to be consistent. So, okay. Um, Typically, I'm sure you've seen in science journals and literature consuming around 0.7 grams of carbs per kilogram of body weight per hour, which is approximately a little more than like a Morton gel, uh, 30 to 60 grams of carbs per hour, uh, has been shown to increase endurance. So, for example, let's take a 154-pound athlete, 70 kilograms roughly, um, 49 grams of fat is consumed by that person per hour. And this is according to a sports scientist at the University of Birmingham. Um, you know, that all in all is great. Um, this person, you know, as a part of a lower carbohydrate diet, you could teach your body to use fat as a fuel source. And then you teach your body how to learn fat. And if you're running a marathon and your goal actually, let's say, is to lose fat, you might have a lot of low intensity, longer runs to use fat as fuel versus carbohydrate. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to have carbs. You might just have a lower carbohydrate. But, you know, all in all, I guess we could use the general spectrum of 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrates per hour um, of exercise that lasts one to two and a half hours now, everyone's different. So you could metabolize from like 90 grams to 100 grams of carbs per hour if you have been training consistently year over year um, and you're running at pretty high intensities after consuming mixtures of glucose and fructose, many of which the goos are made up of or gels. Um, I consumed around 90 grams um, within that time frame in Chicago. Um, I was taking gel every 25, 20 minutes from the start. And that's just what worked for me. Again, I was in a two and a half year build and I'm still on that build. So it's, it just depends on where you are. And this is why fueling is very individualized, um, as is consistency. So when we're talking about preparing ourselves for the actual marathon, let's talk about preparing ourselves for the actual training runs that will help us get that marathon goal. So finding what works and what doesn't work for us, maybe experimenting with certain foods and trying them and maybe seeing that they don't work for us in training, but then noting the ones that do and staying consistent with the ones that do and incorporating those nutrition habits and those meals over and over as our training load progresses towards the marathon. Um, for every pound of weight gain, I would recommend consuming a half gram of a carbohydrate. So for that 150 pound runner, that'd be equivalent to 75 grams of bagels or bananas, um, 64 grams for a 120 pound runner. Um, that's just a little like rough ballpark estimate. Um, so how many carbs does a long distance runner, marathon runner really need? So let's take a 135 pound runner. It's a little heavier than me. Um, I require anywhere from 365 to 607 grams of carbohydrates per day. 
Now, this consists not of candy, whole grains, you know, rice, cereal, pasta, ramen. I know a lot of the elite athletes, pro athletes uh, eat ramen the day before leading into the race, probably their long training runs as well, because there's a ton of sodium, potassium in them um, and all that jazz. And it's pretty basic and it's, you know, simple. Um, we need carbs. We need carbs for energy when we run and we store carbs in our liver and in our muscles. And this prevents our body from breaking down protein for fuel. Um, carbs really fuel the fuel tank. They are the gas in our car. Uh, if that's a good way to put it. So runners, let's just say we consume two and a half to five and a half grams of carbs per hour of body weight on a daily basis. So approx 45% of my daily intake of calories comes from carbs. 130 grams a day is consumed roughly during marathon training. Um, and I'm not eating that in one meal. I'm spreading that throughout the day and doing that consistently throughout my training. That's what I did. Um, while I'm actually running, that's when I'm not eating foods and I'm defaulting to UCAM, for example, or Morton, and getting in those at least 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour. I actually got up to 90 um, in Chicago, but, you know, again, my marathon before that, I was around 60. I couldn't stomach um, carbohydrate um, as well as I could having the consistent pattern I had for another year leading into Chicago. So all in all, distance runners, foods, we need a lot of carbohydrates. We we also need fat. We need protein. And we need water. <laughs> we need at least eight ounces of water and any food we consume. So, you know, if we're consuming around 30 to 60 carbs, grams of carbs an hour, the water can be consumed by those who consume carbohydrate containing gels, maybe like Morton, for example. But the amount of water and the amount of electrolytes that you're going to need or I'm going to need is going to be based on my sweat rate. Um, and so, you know, for example, we don't want hyponitremia because when our salt levels are diluted, that's when Stuff could go south and get really dangerous. We don't want that. Um, so all in all, let's just say carbohydrates account for roughly 75% of our diets. And we're consuming liquid, like water and electrolytes in large quantities. I have 120 fluid ounces a day when I'm marathon training. I try. I at least have 72 fluid ounces a day um, while eating probably five small meals up to seven a day. I do not have alcohol. That's just a personal preference. Um, and yes, I really try to instill these habits throughout my training the second I start and heavy up on what I'm eating, you know, kind of progressively, not so abruptly so that I don't get GI issues, including the water. So that coincides with my increased workload and activity of training, if that makes sense. So doing this could help you avoid GI issues. It could help you just maintain your energy levels that you had prior to marathon training. It could help you avoid injuries and overtraining um, so that your body is feeling good and strong and you have that fuel to push the pace on race day. Um, 
Yeah. I think that it's really, really some just nutrition is it's a touchy topic because as a female, you know, like I was saying, I felt like a whale in my little shorts and sports bra waiting to walk out of my hotel room at the Chicago Marathon. And I looked at myself loud and proud and I said, superstar, you got this. And I did. I had that. And you know what? I used to have a really big problem running in anything but leggings. If you look at any of my past marathons before San Diego, you'll notice I'm wearing leggings. I was so ashamed of my body. I was really self-conscious and I just wasn't able to own it. And yeah, it was, you know, I'm sure many of you could relate on here, but you know, I had a, I had an issue with food. Um, it wasn't like as bad as being completely anorexic, but I, you know, I was a little body dysmorphic. I thought I was just fat and I was not fat. Um, I wasn't able to embrace my athleticism and what my muscles and my body could do looking the way it did in Chicago. Now I was no, I was not a whale, but I put on, you know, a few pounds for performance. I had a performance goal and in order to do certain things, sometimes um, it's important to drop the looking cute, like so cute versus having the goal of like, I want to perform and crush it. Um, uh, for us women, I could just speak for us. It, it's really, it's okay. It's okay to feel like blah for a marathon, but like, you're not alone. Um, if you're feeling like that, like a marshmallow at the starting line, you're doing something right. You're going to be a fuel tank and you're going to fly. I'll leave it at that. Please reach out to me if you have any questions, comments on that. Um, some of my go-to foods were like throughout my entire marathon build. I started eating red meat because I found out I was close to anemic two years ago. Once I started really heavily marathon training, um, it's pretty common in women. So yeah, I started eating meat, but there's many other ways to get iron. Um, I'm also on a liquid iron supplement. It's pretty yummy. I love quinoa, love quinoa. There's also iron in there. Um, yeah, oatmeal, brown rice. I love good salad, chicken. Um, I said all of the fruits, just a well-balanced diet. And I definitely indulge in a good sweeter too, because I live across from the best bakery in the world. <laughs> just, you know, not eating the candy all the time. That's all. Um, now moving along to post run fueling, I'm not just going to say post marathon fueling, but post run fueling is so incredibly important. It's it's just as important as anything else. Seriously, full-time job, like I said. So, you know, if you're hungry, eat, refuel your body after your runs in your training, start there because those habits are not, or sorry, those habits will carry over to race day. You can't just expect after race day, you're just going to eat a meal and your body is going to be cool with that and not reject it. If you don't do that in your training, eat after runs eat it doesn't matter what it is it matters that it has carbs and proteins okay you need to rebuild your muscles you need to replace your glycogen uh, fuels stores sorry stores and um you need to give your body back what it lost so you're able to um experience super compensation allow your body to recover and heal and get stronger so that when you are ready to get back on the road whether that's the following week or the following day, you can do it, but stronger and not risk an injury. So that goes for that. Now, 
salt really quick. I am not someone that takes salt tablets. I know several people love element um, and several people, you know, love. Yeah. Um, love Pedialyte, whatever else. Um, you lose sweat, whether you're really sweating, whether it's hot, cold, you probably lose a little more when it's warmer. Um, there are salt packets everywhere. So if you can't get any of the fancy brands, like grab salt packets, maybe Himalayan salt because it's not strips of the minerals and try them during your training to avoid cramping um, and avoid just like losing a ton of electrolytes. If you're someone that's a heavy sweater, not a bad idea. Um, my favorite, favorite go-to post-recovery post-run recovery drink is my core power protein shake, the 26 grams of protein. Um, and I do like the 42 gram, the elite. It's amazing. It has, well, first of all, the strawberry, the chocolate, and the vanilla flavors are super, super yummy. And just for those of you who want to know, it's lactose-free and it's gluten-free. And, oh, it is just so high quality. It has the nine essential amino acids we need, and it helps us to build the lean muscle and support that healthy recovery we need to keep training. So this is not an ad, but tap on the link below in the show notes to check out Core Power because it's a really good go-to, and you're going to be hearing more about it as I am a partner with them and a huge, huge fan. Um, yes, so... The last thing I really want to touch upon here is now don't forget, you know, it's very, very important to incorporate these nutritional habits throughout your training the second you start and treating them the same way you would treat the actual fitness part of the training. It's also just as important to really know your body and practice some trial and error. Don't just go based off of what like one publication says. Get to know your body, work with a coach, work with a running group, um, you know, and tr test things out. The world is your oyster. You know, you have one life to live. Just experiment during your training. Nothing new on race day. Um, you know, just know during a marathon, there are many aid stations that have, you know, bananas, some salt. So God forbid if, you know, you were missing one on race day or, or something that you needed during your race um, that you had throughout your entire training, that should ease your mind a little bit. And just remember, 1.2 grams of carbs per kilogram of body weight to replenish those muscle glycogen stores, excuse me, after your runs. Also accompany that with proteins and fats. I don't really want to give you grams and like, you know, exact percentages because first of all, I'm not a dietitian, but second of all, I don't know your body's needs. You could, you know, um, be uncertain medications. You, there could be certain physiological things that are affecting what you need um, when you, you know, run. I don't know your training history. Things like that are all important for you to assess and evaluate when you're beginning your training. So treat your fitness training the same way that you would treat your nutrition training. That's the takeaway for today. Um, so thank you so much for listening. And I hope that if you're thinking about racing or running a fall marathon, you also consider training the nutrition aspect of it too. Oh, yes. So thank you so much. I will see you again 
Same time, same place next week on Run With Allie Live. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you could listen to all of the special guests on the show and hear more from your everyday runner. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you can connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Allie Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email, and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Allie Live. See you next time.